Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. In this episode, we're going to talk about why I believe everything that's happened in our country and a little bit around the world, but mostly in our country, since the beginning of 2020 was all planned. I know it sounds pretty crazy. And uh, I think if you hear all of the evidence I'm going to present, you will agree or you may not agree. And of course, if you agree or disagree, I'd love to hear from you. Drew at the watchdogsbark.com. Uh, I got a little note from a couple of my listeners. My last episode was a little slow, so I'm not going to talk that slowly this time. I'm going to try and present this with more energy, even though these topics are kind of depressing uh, to think about, but I'm trying to do it with a lot of energy so you stay focused. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about is the pandemic. I believe the virus was released on purpose. Think about it. It's the last year of Donald Trump's presidency. Donald Trump represents the biggest threat to world governance that has ever been. He wants to get the United States back to energy independence, food independence, and national pride, and, you know, basically things that the radical Marxists have been trying to undo for decades. Plus, he was really intent on what he called draining the swamp, but I'm going to call exposing the true corruption, not only in our government, but in the world, and exposing the plan of those that want to rule. So, how do I think, or why do I think, rather, that the pandemic was planned? Well, it was. (laughs) All you have to do is go to Google And by the way, remember I told you I don't have Google on any more of my devices. And if you remove them from yours, I think you'll be happier, too, because Google decides what you will see and what you won't. Their algorithms prevent a lot of conservative articles and points of view from being on the front page. They'll tell you, oh, it's there, but you're going to have to go 10 to 20 pages down to try and find these articles. Now, this one. For some reason, they still have it when you type it in. Type in Event 201. What is Event 201? Well, the pandemic was workshopped. In October of 2019, the World Economic Forum, of course, the Johns Hopkins University Medical Center, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation all rented a big ballroom in a hotel. I think it's in Chicago. I'm not 100% sure about that. But they workshopped this entire pandemic. A lot of people say, well, that was a coincidence. I said, well, it's an awful big coincidence when they workshop a whole worldwide pandemic and then it happens a month later. Come on. Really? No, they did. They workshopped the entire thing, which banks would survive, which wouldn't, which businesses would survive, which wouldn't. Uh, You know, they workshopped the whole thing. They workshopped the worldwide panic. 
They workshop what lockdowns would do and masks and social distancing and all that stuff. All of these edicts they were going to give us all, all workshopped one month before the virus was um, accidentally released. Do we actually? I, I, I don't believe it was accidentally released. I believe it was released. And also, Anthony Fauci has been lying numerous times about funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. You see, they have a step of removal, uh, plausible deniability, I guess you would call that little step, where they paid EcoHealth Alliance in New York City. That's where they paid their money to, uh, our tax dollars money, by the way. That was paid to EcoHealth Alliance in New York City. And EcoHealth Alliance was the one that funded the gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab in China. So I believe not only was the virus released to get rid of Donald Trump and ruin his chances of being reelected, but also to test the waters of how much power they could amass by installing or instilling fear worldwide. And I believe they found out. As a matter of fact, sadly, as uh, Robert Malone talked about when he was interviewing with uh, Joe Rogan, he said that there was a mass formation psychosis created. And that means everyone is afraid. You can still see people that are afraid and are living in fear because they're the ones out walking their dogs or jogging or going into uh, giant department stores by themselves with their masks on. They're the ones that are getting mad at uh, Justice Gorsuch for not wearing his mask when he was meeting with Sotomayor. And all these things are happening and people are getting upset that people aren't being considerate enough to wear masks all the time. And like I said, Joy Behar uh, on The View said she's going to probably wear her mask the rest of her life. This is a psychosis. This is a mass psychosis that was created on purpose. Now, what happened after this virus was released? We had over 500 riots break out after the George Floyd event, I'll call it. George Floyd really died of a drug overdose. When someone is uh, overdosing on fentanyl and other drugs, they can't breathe. So what was George Floyd's statement and what was printed all over the T-shirts in those riots all over the country? I can't breathe. One of the things that made me very suspicious of whether or not this event was planned is the very next day after George Floyd died, there were matching T-shirts all over the country in Denver, in Chicago, in Los Angeles, in New York, uh, in Miami, all that said, I can't breathe. Now, if this wasn't planned, that was kind of a superhuman event uh, to get matching T-shirts for all the protesters all over the country overnight. Also, there is video that you can find. You just got to know where to look for it of rental vans 
pulling up to street corners and dropping off stacks of bricks and picket signs. So all of those riots over the summer that all of the CNN and MSNBC reporters stood in front of burning buildings and blocks and said, this is mostly peaceful. Yeah, not. And all the looting and everything that took place, all planned. Now, the reason why I say that George Floyd died of a drug overdose is because one of the symptoms of a drug overdose is not being able to breathe. And George Floyd admitted to the officers earlier that he had been hooping fentanyl. Do you know what hooping means? That means administering the drug rectally. That's called hooping. So it will go into your system faster, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but he admitted to the officers earlier that he had been hooping. Then when Derek Chauvin was kneeling on his back, he said he couldn't breathe and he was really suffering from a drug overdose. Now, what should have been a problem that needed to be addressed about police brutality turned into about racism. And I don't think it had anything to do with racism, honestly. I just think Derek Chauvin was a bad cop. The reason why I say that is there were two other individuals around the same time within about the year, a year that were killed the same way. Look these up if you don't believe me. Tony Tempa in Dallas. He was a mentally disturbed individual. And there's a 10 minute video showing an officer kneeling on his back the same way Officer Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's back. And the same things were uttered. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Well, after a while, you can see that Tony Tempa stops struggling. And then you can hear the officer, the sadistic idiot that he is, saying, oh, gosh, I hope I didn't kill him. <laughs> you did. He was dead. Okay. Then go look up Edward Bronstein. He was killed the exact same way as George Floyd in L.A. He had. Uh, he was deathly afraid of needles and he was at a DUI stop and the cops insisted on taking blood from him. And it freaked him out to the point where he started hyperventilating and saying, I can't breathe 10 times before he died. Do you want to know what was different about the cases with Tony Tempa and Edward Bronstein than George Floyd? They were white. So again, with what happened to George Floyd should have been a spotlight on police brutality turned into racism because it needed to to rile up hundreds of thousands and even millions of people around the country to create absolute chaos and unrest. Then the next thing that was planned actually happened the day Joe Biden took office. Uh, everybody uh, associates it with the fact that Joe Biden hated Trump so much that he reversed all of Trump's executive orders and the things that were accomplished during the Trump presidency. So Trump would have no victories and no uh, successes to account for in his presidency. And the biggest thing that Joe Biden did was stop the building of the Keystone XL pipeline, which would have given us 900,000 
new barrels of crude oil a day, thus destroying our country's energy independence. Remember, the globalists cannot afford for our country to be completely independent. And then stop the building of the border wall and open the borders. Make it so the border patrol agents are so overwhelmed they can't enforce our border laws and deport as many illegal immigrants as they need to. And even though our illustrious vice president went down to the uh, triangle of countries, uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, and uh, I can't remember what the other one is, but she went down there and said, don't come, don't come to the United States. Well, there's pictures of thousands of people showing up at the border wearing T-shirts saying, Thanks, Joe Biden. Please let us in. All around the world, everyone knew that our borders were now open. And like I said, Joe Biden, I don't know if he knows uh, most of what he's doing all the time. I don't know if he knows what day it is most of the time. But what he did was give complete control of our southern border to the cartels for drug trafficking, for human trafficking, And these poor women and children that travel these long distances from Central America and South America get raped and abused. And then if they can't pay their way, go into servitude to work off their debts to these cartels. And there's not only cartels on the Mexican side of the border, there's cartel members inside the U.S., Then another thing I believe that was planned was the fact that many people got paid more money not to work during the pandemic than they did when they were working. So when they were allowed to go back to work, they kind of looked at it and said, "Um, gee, I'm making more money not working. Why would I want to return to work? That's why we have such an low employment right now. You know, don't be fooled by the low unemployment rate. That does not include the people who have chosen not to go back to work. We have some 8 to 10 million jobs available in this country, and no one is taking them. Everywhere you look, they have hiring signs. Well, that's because they paid more people unemployment and government benefits not to work during the pandemic. Did you know that in three states you can actually make in government subsidies and benefits nearly $100,000 a year not working? Again, this was done on purpose to get people more reliant on government assistance and less independent and self-reliant. Sadly, there are many people in this country that are satisfied with just getting by and just having a mediocre life. You know, there's a story of a man who was interviewing the devil. And uh, next to the devil were a whole bunch of his tools. And then one was on the other side all by itself. And the man asked, why are those tools over there? And that one is on that side. And the devil told the man, I could get rid of every one of these tools, greed, uh, envy, 
uh, anger, you know, all these things were the tools on one side of him that were all in this big pile. And he says, if I just had this one tool, I would still win. Do you know what that tool was? Complacency. When people become complacent, they become lazy and don't have any more desire to achieve success or greater success and better relationships and uh, more achievements accomplished in their life. Okay, the other two things that were planned was having these radical uh, AGs and um, prosecuting attorneys release criminals back on the street. And lastly, what is happening in our schools? They are purposefully trying to sexualize, confuse, and break the children so that the government or the state can raise them. Think about it. So they workshopped this virus being released worldwide and creating a worldwide pandemic. They funded and planned the summer of 2020 riots, over 500 riots. And as far as I know, pretty much nobody in those riots has been prosecuted or jailed. As a matter of fact, our vice president was even raising money to get people out of jail or pay their bail. All right. Then paying people more not to work than they were getting while they were working opening our borders and destroying our uh, energy independence, releasing criminals uh, back on the street and creating chaos and unrest and anarchy, and teaching all of this crap to our children in our schools. Now, why are they all doing this? What are they hoping to accomplish? Well, you're going to have to tune in to my next podcast when I detail all that. But right now, it is New Year's Day, 2023. One unique thing about me is I love progressive numbers. Uh, a lot of people say that they have the good luck when they look at the clock and see 1111 or 111 and all that. I consider it good luck when I look at the clock and see 1234 or 234 or 345 or four, five, six, you know, any of those numbers, I love that and make a wish and consider that really good luck. So this to me is a progressive year and I am very excited about this year. One thing I really do hope happens in this year with this podcast is I get a big audience that wants to talk and wants to interact. I, I really do want to get a big conversation going with all different opinions. If you agree or disagree, that is fine with me. We are all individuals. Uh, I know there are many that want us all to think the same as kind of a Borg collective uh, for use Trekkies out there. <laughs> but I, I love the fact that we all have individual tastes, individual loves, individual opinions, individual ideologies. I think that's what makes the world a more colorful and interesting place. So to start off this new year, I want to challenge you to do something that you may have never done before. 
and that is to write down your goals. Be very specific. Write down where you want to be one year from now, and then break that down by month and then by week and by day. What you can do each day, little incremental successes and achievements that added together make up what you could do in your weeks and then make those up to what you can do in your months and then for the year. If you get very specific and write down very specifically what you want to accomplish by the end of this year, and then write it in present tense as if you are looking back on 2023 at these accomplishments that you've made, I promise you, you're going to have a much better and more successful year. And it's really important to write down your goals. It's been said that an unwritten goal is just a wish. And we know wishes sometimes comes true, but goals usually come true if you make an effective plan to accomplish them. So like I was saying, one of my goals is to get a big audience all talking about issues from all different points of view. I think it's so important that we start talking to each other again. I still look back on this last year and am in shock at the people that decided to unfriend and delete and eliminate me from their life because we had different political opinions. To me, that is just insane. I cherish all of my friendships, and I love the fact that I have friends that are polar opposites of me uh, ideologically in, in politics and other in religions and different things like that. Like I said, Our differences are what make this world an amazing place. Also, I want to encourage you to write me and tell me what your goals are. Uh, That might be your way of writing down your goals and just sending them to me on email and make a copy for yourself, too. I would love to read what your goals are and uh, dreams are. By the way, if they're really good... I might read them on my podcast. Just so you know, I always respect everyone's privacy. I will never, ever read your email on my podcast with your name. I will never use anyone's name unless you specifically ask me to. If you say, you know, hey, you're welcome to read my name, uh, I will do that. But I am looking forward to when I get some good emails... And I mean even emails that disagree vehemently with some things I say. If they're good enough and have strong enough basis and are backed up with enough fact, I will probably read them on my podcast and then make my opinions. And like I said, maybe we can get a conversation started that way. But know this, I will never, ever betray your trust and privacy. I will never read people's names of the emails I receive unless you specifically ask me to. Uh, I really do uh, love the fact that everyone has different dreams and goals. And thank goodness, not all of us want exactly the same things because then it would be very, very hard to achieve. And it would be a very boring world if everybody had the same interests, I think. One thing I'm extremely grateful for was the way my parents raised us kids. Uh, My father was a pilot, 
for the airlines. And because of that, we got to fly all over the world. And one amazing thing that my parents did for us kids is we would study a country and study the a little bit of the language and the cultures and the art and the architecture and the food. And then during the summer, we would go to those countries for two weeks and actually see the things that we studied about. I, I, I am so in awe of how amazing my parents were and raising us that way because it gave all of us kids an appreciation for different cultures and art and things that are different. Uh, there are so many people, uh, especially sadly in this country, that see things that are different as evil or wrong. And it's just not that way. There's an old Native American saying that don't judge a man unless you've walked a mile in his moccasins, meaning you have no way of knowing what anyone you're talking to has gone through or what their experiences are in their life and what tragedies they may have had to endure or what huge upheavals have happened in their life and, and drastic changes. And you just don't know. So it's important to be kind and be nice to everyone. I may disagree with people and I have very strong opinions, but I will never tell someone that what they believe is wrong or evil if they believe it with all their heart and they believe that they're doing the right thing. I know there are people in this country that think the Democrats are doing great things right now. And I don't begrudge them. I'm just trying to save the republic that our founding fathers created where we could all have our own opinions and different beliefs and not have to form into this mass collective of unified thinking. I think that's basically what's try what people are trying to make happen right now. And I don't think it's right. And then something I'm noticing a lot of people want to do, uh, the term is called presentism. That means you want to go back and judge everyone in history by today's standards. If you do that, you're always going to have a warped view of history. You're always going to see people as bad or racist, massage. I don't know exactly how you would even state all these things because these are terms that we use mostly today. But if you go back like someone, uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at TWDBark. Uh, and I was on Twitter and someone was trying to tell me that the um, founding fathers wrote the Constitution to preserve slavery. And I just don't think that's true. I've done research on the founding fathers, and I believe they were all good men, divinely inspired, I believe, to write the Constitution. And they were vague in many terms on purpose, so it would encompass many things. Then we had the Bill of Rights and other amendments. And amendments are clarifications of the Constitution. That's what they're there for. That someone said that they aren't included or their ideas weren't included in the Constitution. And they really are, but they're not uh, specific enough. 
you know, uh, with the writing and the words in the Constitution. So that's what amendments are. And we have the Bill of Rights, which is, you know, the first 10 amendments, which is all of the freedoms that were talked about in the Constitution, but not specifically. So this person was saying that our founding fathers should have known that slavery was bad and 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 uh, not try and defend it and not keep their slaves. And I believe most, if not all, of the founding fathers didn't like slavery or, or weren't weren't uh, supportive of it and were wanted to abolish it. And uh, especially after England did in uh, 1807. But I think that because they wanted to form this complete country and they knew if they abolished slavery as part of the Constitution and actually put it in specific writing, that they would lose the support of the southern states. So I think they had to make that sacrifice uh, in order to form this country. Sometimes we have to make real big sacrifices in the short term to get what's best in the long term. I don't know. What do you guys think? I really do want to hear. So please write me at drew at the watchdogsbark.com. Okay, the final message I want to leave you with today is a principle that I think if you really apply it to your life and understand it, it's going to improve your life dramatically. The principle is what you focus on expands. Think about that. When you focus on the negative, you bring about more negative. The The law of attraction in the universe is absolutely 100% real and works every time. You heard of the expression, when it rains, it pours. You know, when you get up in the morning and you stub your toe and then something else goes wrong and, and you get stopped for speeding and, you know, different things that happen that are bad things in your life. And you think, goodness gracious, what else could happen? It's because you put out a ton of negative energy in the morning. And what you focus on when you focus on that stubbed, sore toe and, and rolling your eyes and thinking, great, what else can go wrong? Well, the universe is going to say, uh, well, would you like to know? We could, we could send more stuff for you. So be careful what you focus on. You notice when people focus on racism, they see racism everywhere. And when some people focus on joy and happiness, their lives are so rich and fulfilled. And most people look at them and like, how are they so lucky? That word lucky, really lucky is being positive, thinking positively, and being in a place where that positive energy can be applied. To me, that is luck. So be careful what you focus on. Try to focus on the positive in your life. Every morning when you get up, live in gratitude. Spend a couple of minutes thinking of the things you're grateful for. And they could be small. They could be, you know, you're grateful for your phone. You're grateful for your friends. You're grateful for a stuffed animal that gives you comfort. You're grateful for uh, the scriptures. You're grateful for your religion. You're grateful for uh, the loves you have in your life. You know, there are so many things to be grateful for. So spend a little time every morning 
thinking about the things you're grateful for, and then try and live the rest of that day in gratitude. Then at night, right before you put your head on the pillow and go to sleep, do it again. Think about the things you're grateful for. Think about the things you were able to accomplish that day, and you're so grateful that you were able to accomplish. It may have just been you getting up and making your bed and having food to eat that day. You know, that may be it. Uh, and for I know uh, many around the world, that's beyond what they even have. You know, there's so many things to be grateful for. So focus on the positive and live in gratitude. And I promise you, if you do this on a regular basis, and then, like I said before, if you write down your goals and you're very specific, I promise you this year is going to be not only better than the last, but really an amazing year. So, as I say at the end of every one of my podcasts, tune in next time. And in the meantime, create an amazing day. 